Hello and welcome to the Conversation of Money podcast. This is where we talk about money, investing and all things personal finance. I'm your host, Peter Komalafe, and it's my mission to help you make the best financial decisions because money is a tool, life is for living. But first, a message from our sponsors, MoneyHub. MoneyHub is on a mission to engage and empower its customers to take control of their financial data and improve their financial wellness. Winners of Best Open Finance Innovation at last year's Open Bank Expo Awards, MoneyHub provides a central place to see all your accounts and assets in one place so you can see exactly what's going in and out of your account. With the widest range of connections available in the UK, you can connect to your current accounts, credit cards, investments, pensions, savings, mortgages, and loans with ease. This gives you visibility across your entire financial universe. Once connected, MoneyHub will break down money management into simple, actionable steps. You can analyze your spending, see how your investments are performing, and set yourself personal spending goals. If you are a homeowner, you can connect your property and see up-to-date property valuations via Zoopla. Or if you rent, you can report your rent payments to Experian to give your credit score a boost. To get started, download the app and sign up to your free six-month trial with no automatic renewals. So you can choose if you want to continue after the trial is out. With Money Hub, small improvements lead to big achievements, whether it's paying off debt, boosting savings, or monitoring your investments. Money Hub makes money management simple and convenient. Download the app today on the Apple Store or Google Play. I will leave a link in the show notes. All right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the Conversation on the Money podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. So this past week has been very interesting indeed. I picked up COVID and after two years of avoiding it, being very, very careful. Um, I'm actually quite annoyed with myself for picking it up over the last week. I'm obviously in the high risk uh, category. And so, yeah, uh, it's not ideal. And I'm supposed to be shooting for Channel 4 literally tomorrow. You're listening to this on Monday. I'm supposed to be shooting for Channel 4 tomorrow. So um, good news is my symptoms haven't been really, really bad. They've been very, very mild, actually. Um, I am double vax, so I think that's really helped. Um, get me into a position where I don't need to uh, have a hospital admission, fingers, well, touch wood right now. Um, but yeah, we are where we are. So that's that's one thing that's happened this week, which has uh, been a bit of a blow. Uh, the other thing is just the news around, you know, energy price caps being removed and the fear that we've, that we've had. And I've spoken about a number of times and the fact that it's going to get a lot stickier and a lot tighter for, 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 for families and households in the next, you know, 12, 18, maybe even 24 months, um, inflation and the way the banks have handled this, you could argue have been a bit of a shamble. Um, and it's, it was weird reading Andrew Bailey, the governor of the bank of England talk about people shouldn't be asking for pay rises. And I kind of get his mythology behind why he said that, but at the same time, it's a kick in the teeth. You've, you're, you're working person. You have prices increasing around you right now. Those price increases are going to get even worse by the tune of 54%, 54% once the energy um, price caps come off. And then you're being told by the governor of the Bank of England that you should not be pushing your employer for a pay rise. It just smells really, really fishy and it just doesn't sound right to me. And whilst the logic behind it, I understand, it just feels like a kick in the teeth. And then you think about, you know, Rishi's obviously tried to do his thing. But in the scheme of things, if you're in a household where you're potentially facing 
uh, energy price increase of £698 a year, what does that £200 rebate do for you? particularly when you have to pay that back anyway. It feels as though the world has gone absolutely bonkers. But with that being said, because you listen to this podcast, I want to spend this episode just maybe giving you a few things for you to take home as homework to just have a look at and perhaps implement into your personal finances. Now, I completely appreciate that there will be different camps of people who listen to this this podcast. Some of you may not necessarily feel the pinch when it comes to this energy price cap removals and the cost of things going up. Uh, But the reality is for most people, they've seen the increase in the gas and electric bills already. They've seen the increase in fuel costs, putting fuel in the car. And they've also seen the increase in the price of food as well. And for many people listening to this, you may be lucky where you had disposable income. Well, guess what? That's probably been been snipped a little bit. And if you weren't in a position where you had disposable income, you may be in a position where you're actually looking at this pushes you into the red. So being pragmatic and really, really, really sitting down to tackle this and not burying your head in the sand is really, really important right now. That's what I want to spend the rest of this episode talking about, the things that are within our realm of control to hopefully give you some confidence um, and some uh, solace that you can do something about what's happening right now. So let's just dive straight into it. These will all be things that we've spoken about before on the podcast in previous episodes across the two years that I've been doing this now. So they won't be anything new, but I will kind of relate it to the context of what's going on right now. So the first thing is this. If you haven't already got a budget, now you need to go get a budget. So when I say go get a budget, it's not something you have to necessarily go purchase. What you need to do is sit down with an A4 piece of paper, draw a line down the middle, write all of the money you have coming into the household or into your account if you're an individual person and write every single bit of money that goes out of your account every single month. If you want to be really, really thorough with this, you need to sit down with your your bank statements for six months. The last six months, write everything that has come in and gone out. Now, in the expenditure, so the money out column, the idea is you want to be able to basically get rid of things that you don't need, that you're not really using. They're luxuries, they're nice to have, right? get rid of them. And this may be painful. It is, I know, because I've done it before in the past, but it is a necessary step because if you have been paying for your food, your gas, your electric, and it's been costing you, I don't know, 200, 200 pounds a month, whatever, right? I'm just making up a number that doesn't really make any sense, but you'll get what I'm, you get what I mean. If it's 200 pounds that all of it has cost you before, and you've seen that price go from 200 to 250 or 250 to 300, well, you've got an increase in your expenditure. So you need to make sure that you're able to counteract that in an efficient way. And the best way of doing that efficiently is by clipping things that are luxuries. So Netflix subscriptions, Spotify subscriptions, things like that. Anything that isn't absolutely 100% necessary that you have to pay for that is a committed expense, if you need to, consider cutting it. Now, when I say this to people, 
people will say, well, I could do, I always, I need my Spotify. Look, is there one alternative? Like if there are playlists on YouTube, go find a playlist on YouTube, right? That you can use. YouTube is free to use. The point here is that it might be painful in the moment, but in the long run it's going to serve you so much better. And hopefully this will only be for a short period of time. You can always come back to your subscriptions when it comes to Netflix and um, when it comes to Spotify specifically. If you are with Sky, and I am with Sky, I know that they actually offer on one of their packages access to Netflix for free. Um, so try to, you know, have a little look around, around how can you streamline what's going out of your account on a month to month basis. This is really, really, really important. Now, I do want to speak to people who are on um, mortgages, okay? Um, and this kind of does speak to, you know, streamlining your expend your expenditure, right? But if you are in a on a mortgage right now and you've been on a standard variable rate, believe me, the Bank of England just put up the bank rate again um, this past week to half a percent. Now, if you've been on the standard variable rate, I can almost guarantee you that you are paying over the odds right now in comparison to if you were in a fixed rate. You have to remember this now, and I've spoken about uh, long-term mortgages. In This is the thing. I make a video, I, I talk about uh, fixed-term mortgages that are coming out, right, which are now ultra-long. People are suggesting 10-year, 15-year, 20-year, 30-year fixed-rate mortgages. And whilst the initial reaction to this might be, Pete, that's absolutely ridiculous, you have to follow the trend within the industry. Why do you think companies are introducing these kind of mortgages? Because they can see the chatter. They, they can hear the chatter and see the trend of where they think things are going to be. They do not launch products like this without there being a commercial viability to the proposition. What I'm saying here is, if you're in a standard variable rate mortgage right now, the days of cheap money are gone. Money is not going to be cheap anymore. So if you are in a standard variable rate mortgage, now would be the time for you to start thinking about getting into a fixed rate mortgage. Seriously. Now, the unfortunate thing is when the Bank of England put the bank rate up to half percent, obviously there are two camps when it comes to the bank rate specifically. You've got lenders and you've got savers. For savers, this could be relatively good news because you're going to get a little bit extra. It's not going to keep up with inflation. I mean, inflation's at 5.4%. We're at a 30-year high. We are over double the target for inflation in this country. So you might see a minuscule increase in the interest rates that are available to you via high-yield savings accounts. And we talk, I'm going to give you two examples towards the end of this episode that you can go into. But on the lending side, if you have debt right now, your debt repayments are going to get more expensive. Hence, the need to go and fix something like a mortgage into a fixed rate whilst you still can, whilst the rates are still relatively low in comparison to where we were 12 months, in a, 12 months ago and where we are going to be in 12 months' time. Okay? So if you are in a mortgage, standard variable rate, try and get fixed right now. The second thing that I want to talk about is the need for you, once you've looked at your income, your expenditure, your emergency fund is really, really important right now. If you already have one, fantastic. If you don't have one already, now would be a really good time to try and see if you can actually get one. Um, your emergency fund is going to give you your, your, your comfort, your comfort blanket, that cushion, because there is nothing worse than facing higher energy bills, knowing that actually 
if anything were to happen, you've got to resort to credit cards, overdraft, payday loans, God forbid. You need a cushion. You need to provide yourself some security. And I know that that may sound boring to some people, but it, it makes logical sense to have some money set aside. Now, look, if you've already done step one, okay, so you've looked at your income, your expenditure, and you've streamlined a few things, okay, the question will be in building an emergency fund if you don't have one is, look, how much can you put aside into a separate account? Now, I talk about the fact that with an emergency fund, it's normally all of your committed expenditure, you total that up. So that is the things that you have to pay for, by the way. So when I say committed, mortgage, rent, gas, electric, council tax, car finance, credit cards, overdraft, personal loans, those are all committed things. There are contracts to them, right? If you don't pay those things, you're going to get debt recovery. Those are committed. You tally all of that up, you times that by three, six, or nine. That's the scientific way to approach an emergency fund. However, what I always say to people, especially when I coach them on how they actually do this, is to say, look, at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself how much you would feel comfortable with. Now, whether that is 500 pounds or 300 pounds or 1,000 pounds or 5,000 pounds that makes you feel comfortable, that is your target. So whatever it is that you're able to save on a monthly basis and put it, put towards that will give you a sense of peace of mind. And I know, I know that to start off with, it may feel as though you're not making headway. Don't worry about the fact that it could only be 10 pounds or 20 pounds a month that you can put aside. It is the compound effect. It's the accumulation of those small contributions that matters the most. So please, please, please go and do that. You need to have some kind of safety cushion. You know, unfortunately, in times like this, payday loan companies make a lot of money. And it's a very, very slippery slope to go down because once you're in these things, it's hard to get out from it. I know because I spent years in debt. I spent years in credit cards. I spent years in overdrafts. And the one thing that I always remember every single time that I managed to get a little bit of respite from that debt was I need to make sure that I've got some emergency funds set aside so that when this happens again, and it will happen again, I'm not back where I am or where I was at the time. I never took action. And this is going to be your biggest challenge. You actually taking action. You are going to be your best friend or your worst enemy when it comes to this. And if you don't take action, what's going to happen is you'll find yourself in a position where later on down the line, it could be six months, 12 months or 18 months from now, you're going to be basically feeling the pressure of it if you do not take action now. So please be pragmatic. And yes, it's going to be painful, but this is what we often talk about short-term gain, right? You need to forget about that instant gratification. If you're buying things on, at the moment online using Kalana and I don't clear pay and buy now, pay later, you need to get rid of that immediately. Because again, those small things that you're paying for that may only be five pounds a week or eight pounds a week here and there, that all adds up. And that compound effect gets you into a position where you are paying money to a business for something that you actually can't afford, but you're taking it on credit. That money that you're putting there should be your safety net. So please, 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 please take that as a serious no. Now, I want to talk a little bit about investing because obviously we talk about investing here on this channel. Typically speaking, when inflation is high, 
you would go to a high yield savings account as a means of of mitigating the effects of inflation. However, interest rates have been low historically now for the last 10 years. I mean, good luck getting a really, really good high interest high interest or high yielding interest account from, you know, 15 years ago when you could get, you know, a 5% return on your savings account. I will share a couple that are the leading at the moment, but those days are gone. And so what you've heard over the last 18 to 24 months is you need to invest in the stock market. But this is where there is a conundrum. And this is a really big conundrum. Because of the inflation rates globally, markets are now very volatile. And we've seen the market sell off over the last six to eight weeks. Some of the major indexes are down big. And what that means, if you've only just started investing over the last 18 to 24 months, where you've been told you're going to 10x, you're going to make a load of money, you're now looking at it thinking, oh my God, I've lost money. I'm sitting on a loss. What do I actually do? Now you've been told that you need to do this to beat inflation. But now the markets are really volatile. So on the investing side of things, it's really important that you revisit your plan. Like why were you investing in the first place? If you were investing in individual stocks and you got on picks your individual stocks and you didn't really know what you were doing, you need to revisit your plan. You need to review things. You need to make sure that that is the absolutely right path for you to be going down as someone who has only just started to invest and maybe not as experienced as some other people that you've been listening to, watching on YouTube or listening to on podcasts, you have to recognize that that stock tips are a dime a dozen. There are a lot of them out there. And unfortunately, YouTube algorithms, Facebook algorithms, Instagram algorithms will only go to further, um, I guess, confirm your own bias and what you think to be right. So please be careful if you're investing right now. Please be very, very careful. We don't know what's going to happen with the markets going going forward. Jerome Powell, who is the um, the head of the Fed, the Federal Reserve in, in America, he's already signposted that they are going to be raising interest rates in the US come March. The one bit of information that he did not give, which is pertinent, which is key, is by how much. So they've been skirting around. It's probably going to be 0.25%. But he said in his speech a couple of weeks ago on the 26th of Jan that they would decide how much the interest rate rise will be based on what happens and what is happening at the time, which means they could have their, their interest rate hike at half a percent. It could be three quarters of a percent. It could be one percent, depending on what's going on. And if it is going to be any higher than 0.25 percent, a quarter of a percent, which is what the Bank of England has gone with, then dare I say there could be much, much more severe market volatility coming down the track. So if you are investing right now, please be prudent. Please try and reevaluate what it is that you're doing. Make sure that you're revisiting your goals while you're doing this. Revisit why you're investing, what length of time you're investing for. If you're investing for anything less than five years, you need to be looking at your risk from scratch. Are you taking too much risk? Because if the market does crash, do you have five to seven years potentially for the markets to recover? Maybe 
Maybe not. Now, this leads me on to maybe a couple of things that you can go and have a look at if you're looking for a high yield uh, savings account. Now, there are two that I'm going to highlight here. If you want to go and find the source for this, I'm using um, our friend Andy Webb, becleverwithyourcash.com. Um, and this is a part of his research that he's done for February 2022, the high highest high yield savings accounts available on the market. So NatWest RBS has one at 3.04%. So again, I said this before, you're not going to get the 5.4%. Obviously, that inflation is um, increased by at this point in time, but it is going to go a long way to help you at least try and keep up with it as much as possible. So it's 3.04%. Now, it's a digital regular saver, which means that it can be only opened online and it's a regular saver, so you can only contribute into it per month. You can't put a lump sum into this. The maximum deposit, monthly deposit, is 50 pounds a month. The minimum is one pound a month. Now it is fully flexible. So you don't have any notice periods to be able to get access to your money. You can access it whenever you want. Essentially, the maximum amount of earned interest that you can earn over the 12 month period. So 12 months from when you open it is a thousand pounds. So it's a little bit restrictive, but if you're putting away 50 pounds a month, so for example, you've gone through step number one, you looked at your income, expenses, you've managed to save yourself 50 quid, and you want to put that towards an emergency fund, this account could be perfect for you for that reason specifically. The next one that I have is actually going to be nationwide at two and a half percent. Again, this is going to be um, only open, openable on online via app. Um, but this one's offering two and a half percent. And the maximum monthly deposit is 200 pounds. So you can over the next 12 to 12 months uh, put in 2,400. There are no minimum monthly deposits. Having said that though, this one only allows you three withdrawals within that 12 month period without any penalty. If you make more than three withdrawals, then you're going to pay a penalty on the interest rate. I believe that penalty will be 0.35%. So you're get reduced from 0.25% to 2.15% if you make more than three withdrawals. So those are just two high yield savings accounts that you could access if you're looking at trying to you know, restructure your finances and shop around for some, some better deals. I will link to Andy's article in the show notes. Um, but guys, I hope that you found this really, really useful. Look, I know that it's gonna be very, very difficult. Um, and look, we're all gonna feel the pinch that's just the reality of things but there are there are things that we can't control we can't control what's going to happen with inflation i mean can you believe it they're talking about this being seven percent by april it's it's nuts it's crazy that will be over three times what the target is so we can't control any of that but we can control everything else that i've said that we need to go and do in this episode monitor your income outgoings if you want a standard variable rate mortgage get into a fixed rate mortgage immediately Emergency fund, we can control all of that. Trying to find a high yield savings account, we can control those things. And those are the things that we should be focusing on right now. But anyway, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you haven't subscribed to my uh, monthly magazine, I'll be going more into more detail in the magazine, uh, talking about the market specifically, talking about the crypto space specifically. Um, if you haven't subscribed already, head over to conversationalmoney.com and on the homepage, you'll be able to subscribe to the newsletter there. It should be out next, well, this coming weekend. 
Um, if you're on the mailing list, you will receive an email with a link for you to access it. Have an amazing week, whatever you do. Thank you so much for listening and I will catch you soon. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to check out other episodes and share with the people closest to you. New to investing? Check out Peter's course for first-time investors designed to give you the foundation you need. If you prefer one-on-one coaching, book a complimentary discovery with the man himself. All links in the show notes.